you found me. Hello there. I can't even believe that I've done this, you guys. This episode that you are about to embark on is nearly an hour long. I didn't mean to do it, but I just got so excited. I had so much to say about scuba diving. Get ready. It's going to be a fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. I did say that I was going to talk about spirituality in this episode, but I did not get as woo-woo as you may be hoping. So I just wanted to give you a warning. There is going to be a brief meditation at the very end. So I hope you'll hang out till then. I want to remind you, if you don't know already, I am Maria, Maria Humphreys, and I am a meditation teacher on the Insight Timer app. So you can find my meditations there if you like. But let's get going with this episode. Here we go. Hello there. Thank you so much for trusting me with a little bit of your time. This is the Strong Body, Strong Soul show. I am Maria. I am the host here. I appreciate you so very much. Recently, some of my followers have been asking me for more details about my scuba diving background. In the last couple of months, I've been diving several times and I've been posting photos. And during my recent dives, it became more obvious to me the spiritual connection that I feel when I am diving. If you've stopped by this show before, you know that I mix it all up. Is it new age mumbo jumbo or ancient wisdom that time has forgotten? We're talking about spirituality sometimes, and sometimes we're talking about everyday life. Go ahead and check the archives here for other episodes, of course, interviews, insights from workshops that I've been to, but today we're going to be diving deep. We're going to go ahead and this episode is going to be only me. It's a solo cast today. Before we get going, I want to bring your attention to the music that you are listening to. This music is by Alan Rubick. Each of the songs on the album is tuned to our different chakras in our systems. The first seven We have thousands of them. I'll talk about that another time. But after this intro, when we get into the show, pay attention. The music is going to change. It's part of the vibe here on occasion. We are going to divvy this episode up into three different sections. First, I'm going to go through four different components of diving that I feel are important. We're going to be talking about physicality. We are going to be talking about awareness of other people around you and your connection with them. We're going to be talking about safety and awareness of your environment. And that goes hand in hand with our ability to listen. The sounds underwater are very different than on the surface, as you can imagine. And I'm really excited to take you on this journey with me. The fourth area we're going to talk about is trust that you are exactly where you are supposed to be. And that can be so important when you are diving. You do not want to panic. Anxiety 
is not your friend. On the surface, that's true as well, but particularly with diving. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then I'm going to share some of my personal diving adventures with you about depth and weight belts and accidents that can happen, injuries, and survival through my eyes, in my perspective, storytelling, sharing human experiences. Wow, it is so fun out here. I'm so happy I can share my voice and my energy with you. The last part of this episode is going to be a very brief meditation. So I hope you'll hang out. Until then, here we go. Now, for the rest of this episode, we are going to be listening to Twilight Skies by Mind Castle Music. David Feldman is the producer. And to me, it sounds like being under the ocean. Let's start with logistics. The first area that I want to talk to you guys about as far as scuba diving goes is the physical part. And by physical, I mean your body, your legs, your quads, your lungs, your arms to carry things, and also a little bit about the equipment, awareness of your physical stamina, your physicality is kind of important. Last time I went diving, it had been a long time and I forgot how heavy those tanks are. So when you go diving, it's important to kind of pay attention to what kind of condition you are in. You're going to have to sit down, put that heavy tank on and all of the other equipment, and you're going to need to stand up. And you're going to need to, most likely, depending if you are on a beach dive or a boat dive, you may have to walk for a while across sand with all the heavy equipment on, or you might need to be on a boat that is gently swaying with the current and the swells carrying your fins or actually on a boat dive you put your fins on and you have to walk across the deck very carefully with fins on when you get to the edge there is a special way of stepping off the edge of the boat in a way that your tank does not hit the edge Oh yes, it takes some training. That's why it is no small feat to get certified as a scuba diver. Now, some of the equipment that you might need, and I'm only going through this in a little bit of detail because several of my listeners have been asking for a little more information about scuba diving. It's been a couple of months now since my last dive, but it's so fun to talk about just to remember it all. So you need tanks, of course, you need the BC, a buoyancy control device. It's a vest that allows you to put air inside of it. And depending on whether you are ascending or descending, determines how much air you need in that vest. When you first step into the water, or if you are stepping into the surf at a beach with lots of waves, You want air in that BC so you don't sink if you tip over, right? You also want 
waits on you, which is such an odd thing for people to think about. Jumping in the ocean where you might not even know how deep it is. It could be 100 feet deep, in fact. And you're supposed to put weights on because our bodies have fat content and we need to be able to control our buoyancy. We need the weights. If you've been in a pool diving for that penny or that toy at the bottom of the pool, it's hard to stay down there at the bottom, right? Your body naturally wants to float up, especially women. We won't get into the differences there, but women tend to have more body weight on them. So when you're calculating how much weight you need, you go by your own body weight and whether you are a male or a female. It's true. You add weight When I first became certified, we used weight belts, which were cumbersome, and we would put weights tied to these straps around our waist, and we would put that on hmm, after, was it after? I think it's after we had the tank on. Wow, we would have to lean forward with the heavy tank on and have someone help us with the weight belt. Nowadays, the BCs, have compartments in the pockets of the vest to put the weights in. It's pretty cool. So you need to be aware of your weights. You need to be aware of your tank. You have to make sure it has air in it. The whole idea when you're diving is to be aware of your physical body, of course, and have a buddy with you. That is the number one rule in diving. You have a buddy to watch out for you, to help you check your equipment when you're on your way down. You also have someone that knows you're down there, of course. You don't want to go diving by yourself. That would not be a good idea. So the second part of the physical that I want to talk about, which relates more to the meditation work that I do, and a little bit of the spiritual aspect, but I'm going to just call it mindfulness for purposes of this particular episode here. When you inhale, you're going to float towards the surface. And when you exhale, you are going to sink. Just keep that in mind. You may notice this if you are floating in water. If you are in a pool, by the way, you are going to sink faster than if you are in the ocean. The salt will actually help your buoyancy. So when you are diving, one of the most important rules is never hold your breath. Because if you are ascending or descending in either direction, it could be a bad thing. You do not want your breath to be held. You want to inhale and exhale in the most relaxed way you can. Not inhaling so much so that you're like a big giant balloon and you float to the surface. And you don't want to exhale so much that you go down. You want to find that balance between an inhale and an exhale. It's kind of different from a lot of the meditations that I teach where you want to count your breaths. With diving, you want to be even with your breathing. The other day, in fact, I was on a dive boat and somebody was saying that they're breathing. They were going up and down. You want to get to a point where you have peak buoyancy. That means you're floating. You're not sinking. 
and you're not ascending. Peak buoyancy is when you're able to stay still. When you're an advanced open water diver, you need to maintain that balance for at least one minute. Newer divers may have a little bit of trouble with that. <laughs> Sometimes they go shooting up to the surface, which could be a little dangerous if you're at really deep depths. So you want to be careful. You also might sink to the bottom. If you are in the sea, if you are near a reef that is only 20 to 30 feet deep, you may harm the creatures and the plant life that is down there. You do not want to touch the bottom at all. That is one of the goals when you're diving. Breathing helps you control that. Putting air into your BC and releasing some air will help you control that. Breath awareness is so important. It's so beautiful when you're diving. For me, being able to hear my own breathing, being able to hear the creatures that are down there in the ocean with me. It's amazing. I want to move on from the breath awareness. I'll talk about this more in other episodes as, as it relates to the meditation work that I do. But here for scuba diving, I just want to let you know that breathing is so important. I do find that I'm kind of good at the buoyancy control, I have to say. Sometimes other divers around me are not able to control their dive as well. And I do believe that is in part because of my meditation practice and my lung capacity and the awareness, that mind-body awareness is really key. The second part of this conversation is about being aware of other people when you're diving. It is so interesting because when you are in the water, of course, you cannot communicate with words. You have to use eye contact. Or sometimes you can have a little pad with a special pen and you can write. But that's kind of rare. For the most part, you are relying on body language, on eye contact, which sometimes is so rare in our society now. In fact, when you go diving, if you do not have a dive buddy that you got there with, sometimes they'll match you up with somebody that you do not know. So it's wise to get to know them a little bit on the surface before you go down. You always want to kind of interview them to make sure what their experience is. See if they know how to take care of their equipment so that you can be sure they're going to keep an eye on you should something happen to you. So being aware of other people, whether you know them or not, you want to gauge their experience. But that communication under the ocean is so amazing. Using that body language, using the eye contact, sometimes you can take a piece of metal. Sometimes we have knives when we're down there. The knives are for cutting the kelp should we become entangled. But you can take that knife and you can hit it gently on your tank 
to get the attention of other divers in the water, the sound will travel for quite some ways, right? When you're with your dive buddy, you want to, of course, enjoy the surroundings, the fish, the plant life. But you want to be aware of staying near your buddy should anything happen. Last time, when I was diving in Cozumel a little while ago, my tank actually became dislodged from my BC on my back. There are these heavy-duty straps that keep it there, but somehow my tank became loose. I was swimming, and I could feel my tank starting to hit the back of my legs. And I looked back, and my dive buddy's eyes got huge. <laughs> And he swam up to the dive master to get some help because I can't see my tank on my back. Luckily, it did not disconnect my regulator. The regulator, by the way, is the piece of equipment that goes in your mouth. It's your breathing apparatus and it is hooked up securely to your tank. Sometimes those can leak. That is another reason why you need a buddy. They can see if your tank is leaking. If your tank is leaking, you are going to run out of air faster than the rest of the group, faster than your buddy, and you may be a problem. You may be a problem for the group that you're with. So you want to make sure your your equipment is intact. You want to make sure you're conserving your air. When you are nervous, you tend to breathe faster. Anxiety. I can't even tell you how important it is to me, how cool it is to be diving and release that anxiety that we might have at the surface. Using those techniques for breathing can help in everyday life with all sorts of different situations. It's really interesting to be diving and immerse yourself in that water. The ocean so huge. Sometimes we can get to what is called a wall in Cozumel. There are walls of sea life under the sea. Sometimes you can swim to the edge and you can look down. It is, I'm not even kidding you, it is like a cliff. You cannot see the bottom. The goal is to get your buoyancy just right and swim, float right next to the wall and allow the current to take you along. So you're traveling and watching the sea life on the wall. It's beautiful. Depending on the kind of visibility that you have or the lighting, how deep you are, You may need a flashlight, especially if you're going to try and find an eel under a rock, which is kind of fun to do. We are going to move on to the next part of this chat right here. And I'm going to talk about the surroundings, how to be safe. You want to be aware of where your group is, but I'll be right back. Enjoy the music for just a moment. 
isn't that music amazing? Seriously, that is kind of what it sounds like at depth. I want to talk about being aware of our environment. Like I was just saying, it's so important to know where your group is. To know what's going on around you. When you are in an open water dive, on a boat dive, depending on where you are in the world, what kind of a dive it is, in Cozumel, for instance, you jump in the water and the current takes you somewhere else. The currents are so strong. So the boat has to follow you. There are groups of divers. You have to be, well, the boat itself pays attention. You have to stay with the dive master, it's called. There is a person that is in charge of your group. And they have a little buoy. When the dive is nearly complete, they allow the buoy to float up to the surface. It fills with air. It's a bright color. Orange, green, bright pink. So that their boat captain can see where the dive group is. So it's super important, as you can imagine, when you are ascending to the surface. You may be concerned about your air in your tank might be getting low. You may have dropped your camera. You may be getting a little bit of a mess. Hopefully not. Hopefully you're relaxed as you come up to the surface. You do a safety stop at about 15 feet below the surface and you wait for your oxygen level to even out in your body. But while you're doing that, you need to look up. You need to make sure that when you come up to the surface, you don't hit your head on the bottom of a boat. Right? So it's really amazing to see the shapes, the bottoms of the hull of the boats that are above, and the sounds you can hear their engines. In this music that's playing, sometimes it sounds like a gentle hum of what those dive boats sound like. So you need to be really careful with awareness of what is above you. You also want to be careful with what is below you. Sometimes when newer divers are together in a group, they tend not to notice that they're actually swimming on top of someone else. (laughs) They can get nervous, but it can be dangerous. You can accidentally end up kicking somebody's regulator out of their mouth. You can dislodge their, their tank. Like I was saying a moment ago, that has happened to me. That was kind of a loose tank situation. But somebody can accidentally do that to you if you're too close together particularly on a night dive, by the way. On a night dive, you must have flashlights. You also must stay with your group because it's hard to find people down there if you get separated, right? It's also really important not to just be aware of your natural surroundings. You also want to be aware that you are following the right group of people. So pay attention to what the people in your group are wearing Yes, yes, 
Sometimes it seems like everybody's wearing black wetsuits. Everybody looks kind of the same. But look around. Sometimes the dive master will wear something funny. <laughs> and Cozumel, this one girl, she was wearing her um, SpongeBob socks. <laughs> so we could tell it was her when we were following her. But also, depending on where you are diving in the world, in Cozumel, for instance, there are things called tunnels. The natural topography at the bottom has these beautiful tunnels that you can swim through. You have to be a little bit of an advanced diver to get to the depth, but some of them are a little more shallow. I'm talking about 50 feet down, 80 feet down. If you are swimming through some sort of tunnel, and I'm talking about a... If you're an advanced diver, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's not too far, but... You have to be careful and very aware of the tank on your back that it doesn't hit the top of the tunnel. You don't want to damage the coral, but you also, of course, don't want to get stuck. You don't want the coral and the rock formations to dislodge your equipment in any way. You also, of course, need to make sure that you are far enough away from the person in front of you and that you are not going so slowly that you're going to kick the person behind you. It's the person in the back, actually, that needs to make sure that they're clear of the person in front of them. But be aware of your surroundings. The last part of this particular section of this episode, these are the four parts. We've talked about physicality. We've talked about that control of your breathing. We've talked about being aware of human connection with the other people in the water. I forgot to mention that there are hand signals that we use when we are diving as well to indicate how much air you have in your tank. You have a device called a regulator, by the way. You have a gauge that tells you how much air you have in your tank. And before you go down, by the way, you ask the dive master, they will tell you at what level of air that everybody in the group comes up. Sometimes they say a thousand PSI it's called. Sometimes when you reach the surface, it's okay if you're at 500 PSI. Some of you might be horrified if you're an experienced diver. That's kind of low, but it happens. Sometimes you can accidentally run out of air if you are having a lot of anxiety. That often happens to people. You go through air faster if you are nervous. If you are not breathing, the most efficient way. Or if you swam after a turtle trying to take a picture of it. (laughs) I'll talk more about that stuff in just a moment. So awareness of your buddy, awareness of your surroundings. Don't hit your head on the bottom of a boat. Let's move on to the fourth part of this. Trust. Trust that you are exactly where you are supposed to be. I've said this a few minutes ago. And that is so key. I have gotten separated from my group before on dives. It can be a little scary or a lot scary. But the most important thing to do when you realize you are either by yourself or you are near the wrong people, it's important to pay attention to your surroundings. It's important to remain calm if you do run into trouble. If you start to run out of air, it doesn't help to panic. 
you are going to breathe faster. You swim to the person that is closest to you and you indicate that you are out of air. Be safe. But have that faith. You know that you are trained properly. You know that the people that you are with have been trained and are responsible. You have gone on this dive with an experienced dive master and a crew that will come help you. If you need to, you can go up to the surface slowly so as not to do damage to your body. If you've heard of the bends, if you come up too fast, your oxygen levels in your blood can be very dangerous, resulting in death. I don't want to cause you any anxiety. I forgot to say that at the very beginning of this episode. Some of what I'm talking about could cause you anxiety. If you are not a swimmer, if you are not comfortable, maybe you are horrified at the thought of being below the surface. So it's kind of fun, I hope, to listen to my adventures so that you can experience some of what it's like scuba diving safely. Faith in your own safety. We are going to move on in just a moment. I'm going to tell you about some of my favorite dives and some of the creatures that I've seen. I'll be right back. I hope you are having fun listening. I want to start by telling you about Thailand. Yes, we went on our honeymoon to Thailand, to Bangkok and Phuket. And during that time, during that trip, we did go diving. But my favorite adventure during those dives was my sighting of the yellow seahorse. The dive master had told us that it is very rare. They hadn't seen a yellow seahorse in a very long time. And as is my way, I got it in my head that I was going to find one. That is (laughs) one of the reasons that my husband loves me so much. Because I tend to find the things that other people can't. Sure enough, we were diving along a wall on a small island off a boat dive. And I was, as usual, last in the group, taking my time. My favorite thing to do is to pick one rock or one piece of the wall and stay there and watch the creatures live. Going about their daily business, it's so cute. I'm going to tell you about the boxfish that nearly was my doom in just a moment. But in Thailand, it was a reef dive, a wall dive. And like I said earlier, the current carries you. It can be so relaxing. You hardly have to swim, you guys. 
it is amazing. However, if you need to go backwards to go find somebody else (laughs) or go see what they are looking at, it can be a struggle. So pay attention to that physicality, your stamina and endurance and your leg strength to kick your way back. Also, the sound, by the way. Sometimes when you can't hear, you can't communicate. Like I was saying earlier, you have to use the tools at your disposal. Sometimes you might have a piece of metal that you can bang on your tank so people can hear you. So, yes, I did find that yellow seahorse. And yes, my husband was able to swim back because he was my buddy, you know. So he wasn't too far away from me. The rest of the group did not get to see that seahorse because they were way too far ahead of us. It was too much trouble for them to swim back. So we got to see the yellow seahorse. So there you go, a little lesson in life. Don't be in such a hurry that you're going to miss out on the good stuff. But let me tell you about the box fish in Cozumel. Several times this has happened to me. I'll see the cutest little fish down there. And I will have my underwater camera. And I know how to videotape. Oh, yes. Hey, you guys, if you're on the YouTube video, by the way, you might have been looking this whole entire time at some of my photography and videos. Wow, how fun is that? Anyway. Sometimes I see a little creature and I want to follow them with the video. And sometimes that means I'm not paying attention to where my buddy is. So, word of caution. Don't do what I do sometimes and get a little lost. Cautionary tales that is part of the human experience, right? And storytelling. So amazing. Recently, I was able to go on a dive trip in Catalina. It is about 30 miles off the coast of Southern California, near Long Beach. And they have an amazing spot there called Casino Point. You can go out there and you can just snorkel if you want to. I have done that. In fact, (laughs) we went at a winter break one time. For us, I don't know what part of the world you are in, but for us, December, January are the coldest months. Now, with the cold comes clear visibility sometimes in the ocean. And keep in mind, if it is pouring rain out, if you're in the ocean, who cares? You're wet anyway. (laughs) That's what I say. It is really fun to go diving when it is raining. It's okay. Don't be scared. It's a little cold when you get out. It's a little hard to stay dry. Um, Yeah, that can be a little bit of a challenge. Don't go when it's storming. Don't go when there is a runoff from the land coming down through all the pipes and the drainage to ruin the visibility. Pick your moment. Be wise. Be discerning about it. But yes, you can go snorkeling there at Casino Point Catalina. It's wonderful. By the way, if you are in California, if you're in the Southern California area, Malibu Divers, that is our favorite dive shop. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Carter. If you're listening, love you guys. And um, yeah, so Catalina, I went on the dive trip 
And I was not diving. I did not go diving this trip. I just went to be with a friend of mine that was diving in a group. She was getting her advanced open water diving certificate, and I didn't want to interfere with the class. So I went along for the ride, and it was so amazing to be able to spend a day by myself with my camera enjoying the island. We got there at 6.30, 7 a.m. in the morning. The sunrise was amazing. The colors in the little village of Avalon is the town in Catalina. It felt so European. It felt so crisp from the sunrise on the beautiful colored buildings. The pier. Wow. So much fun. But I just want to express that little bit of a story to you because it is worth going with friends. If they are diving, go anyway. You will have fun anyway. There is always something beautiful to see. And it's fun to hear the stories when they come up. They did see seals that day. I have seen seals. We do have some video of seals that we've seen in the past. But it was fun to hear them. So joyful. I don't always have to be the one experiencing the fun, right? Just hearing my friends are having fun makes me happy. What a concept, right? I love that. So some of the dives that I've been on, let me just give you a little preview. I've been diving in the Channel Islands off the coast of California. Let me just give you a little idea. Sometimes I go on dives, for instance, I'll give you an idea of the depth and the length of time. Sometimes we could be at, here I was at a blue car wreck in the Channel Islands. That's the dive site. I was at 50 feet a depth of 50 for 32 minutes on the, at the bottom time. I'm looking at my log book right now. It is a little book where you hand write your dives, the details, so that you remember how much weight you had on your belt, what the day was like, where the location was. This is important to log your dives during a day because you need to calculate how much bottom time your body can handle because your oxygen levels are affected. Each dive you do, you have to keep track. That is very, very important. On this particular dive at the blue car wreck that I'm talking about, I was diving with a tank of nitrox. I am nitrox certified as well, which is a different kind of air that goes in the tank. It makes it so you can stay down longer than usual. So that's kind of a fun thing to do for advanced divers. Here's another dive. I was at 62 feet for 23 minutes. Now, the deeper you go, the shorter your bottom time, right? Also, keep in mind, the deeper you go doesn't necessarily mean that the better it gets. Just like we're talking sometimes, it's not the size that matters, right? It's not the depth that matters sometimes as well. Sometimes the best stuff is at 50 feet, 30 feet, depends where you are in the world, of course. Here I am at Casino Point, 72 feet depth for 32 minutes. I saw a a wreck on that dive. Here's another one, 70 feet for 30 minutes. Here's another one at Casino Point in my logbook here, 58 feet 
for 43 minutes. Now in the notes here, I should have written more. It's very important to write down what you say so that you can remember later, just like journaling your life. When important things happen, it's kind of fun to write it down, right? So you can look back. You can learn from your mistakes. I wrote in my logbook that my tank got dislodged, right? To be careful, it makes me more cautious the next time I dive. It's important to keep track of our mistakes. It's important to keep track of our wins. Whether you are talking about diving or regular life above the surface. Here I am in Cozumel, in this Punta Sur, the Cedral Wall, drift diving. We saw a shark hiding under a rock, according to my notes here. We saw a turtle. We did a swim through tunnel. Here we are, Cozumel Paradise Reef, UCAB Reef. We saw, oh yes, here we go, stingrays. Oh my God, eels with spots on them. Just reading my logbook is bringing these creatures into my mind. Visualization. Such an important thing. Wow, wow, wow. Oh my gosh, here, on a night dive at Kodak Mai in Thailand. It says here that I wore my dive skin. The water was warm enough where I did not need a wetsuit. Now there are three millimeter wetsuits. There are seven millimeter wetsuits. There are dry suits that you can go when it's really cold. Like in Alaska, you want a dry suit if you go there. But here um, at my dive in Thailand, I only needed my dive skin. Same thing with a dive I went on recently in Hawaii. Dive skin only. No, that's not true. No, it was cold. It was raining. I wore a three millimeter suit, but I wore a shorty. That means it only goes to my knees and it was short sleeve just to my elbows. So, weather permitting, <laughs> decide on proper clothing, proper tools. Cozumel, here's another one. Oh my gosh, the Channel Islands. Okay, oh, I did a refresher course in Cozumel because I hadn't dove. If you haven't been diving for a couple of years, it is very wise to do a refresher course just to get used to the equipment. Like I explained at the beginning to the way the dive belts work, it's very different now than it was when I got certified. So it can be... um a completely different experience. If you put on a BC that has the weights in the pockets integrated system, it's very different than a belt system. So you want to do a little refresher of some sort. Ooh, here, Paradise Reef in Cozumel. My logbook says lots of jellyfish. If you're on the YouTube video, are you seeing the jellyfish? I'll try and make it line up so that you see my video. They're beautiful. And the visibility in Cozumel is amazing, by the way. I highly recommend it. Oh, I'm just reading my book here. All right, so anyway, some of my dives have been amazing. And I'll, I'll, yeah, I hope you get to be diving. If you're listening to this episode, I want to thank you so much for hanging out with me. I also want to encourage you to leave you me messages of some sort. Have you been to any of the places that I've been talking about? Have you been to Cozumel? 
Have you been to Costa Rica? We went diving in Costa Rica one time. We went diving without a dive master, and we had not been diving for a while. We were fine, but I almost swam into a shark-infested cave. <laughs> Luckily, one of the locals spotted us headed into this cave and waved at us to stay away from it, and we didn't go further. But that's just kind of the way I am. I kind of like to go places that are a little bit forbidden, a little bit dangerous. Um, sometimes the payoff is great. And sometimes, luckily, I'm able to laugh about it later. I don't want to scare you. I promise. I'm safe. You can be my buddy sometime if we go diving. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm going to move on to the meditation part of this episode. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? The mood's going to change a little bit. Before we go into it, I want to remind you that you are able to send me messages through any kind of social media that's out here. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all of it. Whatever podcasting platform you happen to be tuning in through. I appreciate you so very much. Reviews are really helpful, by the way. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so love it if you took a moment to leave a review. You can also share this episode with friends if you like. And like I said, you can send me a message if you've gone to any of the dive locations that I've been talking about, or if something about what I have been saying. If you want to correct me in some way, that's okay too. I'd like to invite you to go ahead and remain seated wherever you are at in the world. Get yourself into a safe place where you can close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to go ahead and relax your shoulders, relax your arms. Relax your hands gently onto your lap, palms facing upwards like little bowls. Holding the air that is around you, that beautiful vital oxygen and air that you are breathing in but appreciation for all of the air that is around your body right now. Just like swimming in the ocean, we are swimming on the surface through all this energy. All this energy is linking us together just like little butterfly wings, just like ripples. Ripples of energy into the future across the planet. Pay attention to your breathing, your lung capacity. Take a big breath in as deep as you can through your nose. Hold 
and release. Just like we've been talking about, breathe at your own pace. On the surface, a great way to release anxiety and stress is to focus on your breath. Release more than you take in. When you are diving, do not do that. When you are diving, you want to keep your breath very even. But when we are on the surface, we can breathe huge deep breaths. Let's do it again. Pause. Feel your shoulders relax. Exhale. Notice that there is a pause between the inhale and the exhale. Pause between the breaths. Well, it is true during diving. We don't want to hold our breath. But noticing that gentle pause is okay. Hear the bubbles gently floating up in the water. Hear the low sound of boats on the surface. Hear the tiny creatures that live at the bottom. Listen to the kelp as it moves and sways, dancing in the current. Gently place your hands in front of your chest, palms touching. Prayer position. Filled with gratitude. Perhaps you know how to swim. Perhaps you've been diving. Perhaps you are more than happy to just listen to what it is like. The beauty, the ability to communicate and connect to other human beings, regardless of whether we have the same experiences. Gently allow a smile to grace your face. 
Imagine the most beautiful sea creature in your mind's eye. It brings a smile to your face. Open your eyes when you are ready. I am Maria, just in case you forgot. I hope you come back another time. Wow, you guys, I don't know about you, but I am really relaxed right now. And that is the kind of feeling you want to have when you are diving. It's just amazing. I hope that you've had fun listening to this particular episode. And like I said, I hope you do come back. One of the best things that I've learned over the course of my my life out here as a meditation teacher. It's so vital to be able to come back from those meditations into real life. It's debatable which one is real or not. What's really important? Bringing that energy with you into your everyday life so that you can handle the scariest, the most challenging of situations in your life. Find buddies. Find great energy. Find good vibes that you want to hang out with. I am pretty pretty active on Facebook, so I just wanted to give you guys a little shout out. You are welcome to find the Strong Body, Strong Soul Facebook page if you would like to comment and interact about this particular episode or any of the episodes that are here on the show. Most of the episodes are available in traditional podcast format. Just a few are on YouTube. And I'm here for you guys. Reach out if you would like to collaborate in some way out here in the world. Let's raise positive energy out here. Let's not hide our head in the sand. Let's be aware that dangers are lurking. But together, we can handle them more gracefully. Thanks again for being here. Bye-bye.